2: Goodbye, the University.
0: Boy, talking about getting unstuck. I cannot imagine a better topic for me today, Nancy. I'm <laughs> really excited <laughs> about what you're delivering on our – this is our monthly Rock Your Biz, the LOA way call, where Nancy had planned this for last month, but um, but we get it this month. So I'm really excited. We've got some good questions that have come in. I think you might have you might have seen those, Nancy, but I'll make sure to keep them at my fingertips so anyone who had posted in the forum or emailed – I will make sure that we get to your question, but it's all related to this topic, so I'm going to hand the microphone over to you, my friend.
1: Okay, great. Thank you, everybody who's joining us in chat and live on the call and everyone who's listening to the recording of this. Uh, Yeah, so thank you, Jeanette, for stepping in uh, last month at the last minute to really help out with the October call. Um, Yes, this is the November Rock Your Business, the LOA way call for GVU. And, you know, the irony is is that this topic is not just for business and career. It can be used for every aspect of our life. But since I help with the um, GVU business and career calls, then that's where we're going to talk about it. (laughs) So um, what I want to talk about first is that how so much of LOA teaching tells us that we should be – thinking. That thinking is the key to um, LOA, that all you have to do is think the right thoughts in the right order and it's thinking, thinking, thinking. The problem is is that if you're already in a bad habit of a certain way of thinking, uh, circular thinking in particular, if you're already stuck there, then more thinking is going to only just keep you stuck. The The Thinking as a way to get you through and forward in LOA really only works when your energy is clear and you're, move, you know, you're already in a good clear space. But if you're already in contrast, it can be really tricky. So that's what today's call is really going to kind of um, focus on helping. Um, and I have some notes that I shared with Jeanette, but I'm going to post them in the forum after the call. I'm just going to use them to kind of guide myself through the call so I don't get off on tangents when I speak. So not that I ever do that, right? (laughs) That never happens. But, you know, anyway, um, I want you to just answer this question. Do you feel stuck in your career or business? Do you feel your career or business has unsolvable problems? the kind that seem to just keep your mind going in circles. For instance, you'd like to make more money, but you don't feel you can raise your rates for what you do or attract more customers or clients. You feel you're not in the best job for your potential, but you find yourself unwilling to look for another job or unable to find another job. You need to find better vendors to work with to support your business, but you seem to have exhausted all the resources available to you. Me. Your, your working <laughs> with your boss or certain coworkers has become unbearable. But you can't seem to figure out how to make the working situation better. You know, you your business offers great value to potential clients. Yet every time you attempt to reach them, it the efforts seem to fail. If if any of these resonate for you, it's quite possible that circular thinking is what's keeping you energetically stuck. And you might be finding yourself doggy paddling in this riptide of, you know, but I want this, but I can't, but I but I got this, but I but I want this, but there's the you know, it's like this constant going back and forth. Um, Abraham sometimes calls it split energy. That's another way of saying it. But the circular thinking is where you're trying to solve the problem in your mind, but as soon as you go to solutions, none of the solutions are worthy, good enough, right enough, the right solution. They all have problems that are as bad or worse than the initial problem that you had. So the question here is what's really going on? You know, are the problems truly unsolvable, or is there a way out of this cycle of problems? And the answer to that for me is I believe there's a relatively easy way, um, and especially as conscious creators, but it does require us to shift our consciousness. And that's often the piece of the puzzle that, that when you're caught in the circular thinking, recognizing that you need to change your own consciousness doesn't even surface. It does, It's like, you know, that vibrational scale that when you're in, in a certain vibration, you, you're you not aware of all the other vibrations because you're literally energetically stuck in um, in
0: the lower vibrations. Does
1: that make sense? Does anyone yeah, have it, questions?
0: question? I have comments. Uh, Nancy, I just okay. want to say how much I love that you gave examples when you were asking, do you feel stuck? Because the first time you said, do you feel stuck? My answer was, no, I do not feel stuck. But... When you started offering examples, I realized, hello, one of those applies to me. And um it made me realize that sometimes I think we might be so stuck we don't even recognize that we are. We just think that's how it is. We don't recognize it as a limitation or a block that we are that we've imposed on ourselves or that we keep in place by believing in it. So, bingo. I just loved, yeah.
1: <laughs> bingo. Yes.
3: Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so so what else were you going to say that?
0: Um, that's it. i w I'll let someone okay. else chime in. Oh, okay. Did I feel like I'm revving it like nine hundred miles per hour now, so I'm really <laughs> gonna try and stay on mute.
3: You're not you're
1: not. You're not. You come okay, across okay. as you come across as excited and happy, but <laughs> <Right on. laughs> Yeah, very good. Yeah. So um so I just wanna take a moment to say what and I don't see I was just looking in chat I didn't see any comments um, or questions that were related to this. So um, so let's see. Abraham has weighed in on, on this. He has, uh, Abraham has told us that the energy of a solution is at a different frequency than the struggle, dilemma, or problem that we're facing. So in order to be aligned with a solution, we have to drop the vibration of the problem, which means we have to stop focusing on it. We have to stop affirming it, in our thoughts and with our words, and we have to stop looking for it, looking for proof of it. We have to literally, you know. And for a lot of people, they're so tightly locked into it that that dropping the vibration of the problem is is they might have to baby step it. And I'll get to that um, mm-hmm. a little later on. Um, Neville Goddard has also told us to assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled to shift your consciousness and focus solely toward how you want the solution to feel and let the solution reveal itself. And in A Course in Miracles, they tell us that there really is only one problem and that all our problems are outcroppings of this one misperception, that we mistakenly believe that we are separate from source energy, God, and all that is. And that the moment we think that we're separate from source, we think that, we have to figure it out ourselves and that it's our problem and that it's not going to get solved unless we solve it. And in our forgetting our connection with the infinite divine, we allow ourselves to believe it's possible to have difficulty, struggle, hardship, and unsolvable problems. And according to A Course in Miracles, that's how we actually manifest them is because we believe we're separate from source and we forget our connection to source we're basically creating our own unsolvable problems. Um, more specifically, of Course in Miracles says that it's a tiny part of our mind, they refer to that as the ego, that manufactures the unsolvable problems in order to keep us preoccupied and distracted from our connection to source. Now, I don't know if I agree with that entirely, but I ha- certainly have found that some of ACIM's um, solutions have been helpful for me. You'll have to test them out yourself and see if they're helpful for you or not. So in that respect, the ego, according to ACIM, often succeeds until, until we become consciously aware of this process happening. And the moment we become aware of it happening, now we're, we're, we're beginning to shift and shift our energy and open a door for um, better feeling vibration to, to move in. Um, and also, there's a spiritual teacher. He's actually known globally, but he's locally here where I am. Um, his name is Ashanti, and that's his spiritual name. Um, and he's a spiritual teacher. He, he teaches a lot of Buddhist-based teachings. And he has said that the ego is addicted to identification, which he calls labeling. It's addicted to thinking, which he calls using only the mind to solve problems and to attachment to thought and thinking, which he calls needing to to know and needing to be right. And he has said that this is a fiction created by circular thoughts and beliefs. And that statement that he made is very similar to what ACM refers to as unsolvable problems, just this kind of loop, constant loop of, you know, um, unsolvable issues. And um, so here, ACIM, A Course in Miracles, and Adi Ashanti are agreeing. They're using different words, but they're basically saying the same thing. So I'm wondering if you've noticed, if you look back across your business, your career, and even your personal life, have you noticed that almost as soon as you solve one big problem, another one seems to crop Mm -hmm. up relatively
3: quickly? (laughs) I've noticed
1: it, <laughs> yeah, and have you um have you noticed that assigning the label of a problem to a situation will guarantee that that experience remains a problem the 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 labeling the actual labeling keeps us in a place of resistance. And that's something I've definitely seen, I've experienced myself. As soon as I, like, literally in moments after I stop calling it a problem and start calling it something else, an opportunity, an issue, um, a curiosity, <laughs> a plot twist, <laughs> uh, a plot twist, yeah. As soon as I start doing that, then I feel better. And then I notice everything start falling into place and and the situation working out. Have you noticed that if you've been dealing with a situation for a long time, that you've gotten emotionally attached to being right about how bad it is? And by that point, you almost need the problem to remain so you can be vindicated and and proven that it's not just my imagination. Look at how bad this is, see, look at what I'm dealing with. And as long as we believe the situation is outside of ourselves or in someone else's power or out of our control, then we feel and remain helpless, um, a powerless victim to the situation, which remains out of our hands. So does that resonate for anybody? Can anyone relate to that? It does for me. Yes. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: So, Mark Rogers, yes, it's me, Nancy, affirming spirit, talking right now. And I see Kona's back, Jeanette. <laughs> yes,
0: but I think she's ready and, to have a little nappy nap, so it's perfect. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Cool. She's got a, a cozy uh, vacation home she can come
3: to.
1: <laughs> um, and I see uh, Mark wrote, I had a serious issue with attracting problems to my business until I woke up to it. Exactly. Exactly. I have a little
2: story about that.
1: Share it. Share it. We want to hear it.
2: Yes. Yeah, so that was what I was known for was solving problems in my previous uh, career. And, and I was thinking after I'd been in business for a while, it's like, And I'm, and I'm really good at it. I mean, I, I worked at my last job, I worked at a telecom startup with people from the supercomputer company Convex. I mean, these were, these were off the chart geniuses that I worked with. And, and even them sometimes, I mean, I could, I could solve a problem, you know, that people that were clearly smarter than me were having trouble with because I was so good at it. And, and I was thinking, I was like, how the heck are all these other business owners who aren't as intelligent as me or and or aren't as good at problem solving as me? How are they surviving? And I was I was having lunch with a, a business mentor and good friend of mine who's had a lot of experience and stuff, and I was kind of talking to him about this sort of thing, about the problems and stuff with business. and And it dawned on me while I was talking to him that this, this idea that businesses are just tons of problems was not resonating with them. And then it finally clicked for me that, oh crap, I'm just attracting all these problems. I've built my life around being a problem solver and so I've just created a business that's just a big problem generator for me. <laughs> and and I went ahead and once I woke up to it, I stopped doing it and where I was attracting a lot of problems was with my website. and. And occasionally, I was even getting credits from my website development company because there was bad problems occurring. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden, and then after a while, the, the business, the problems just stopped. And a year later, I asked my account manager. I said, I said, Do you remember how you used to? There used to be a lot of problems with my website. you know and you guys were giving me credits and stuff but you guys have stopped doing that and and these problems kind of stopped going away now they didn't completely go away but but lots of big problems went away and like i said they hadn't done a credit in a while he's like yeah yeah we haven't we haven't done we haven't had to give you a credit for anything and there hasn't been anything significant in a long time and i said did you did you guys change anything did you guys change your processes did you hire or fire a developer or something? He's like, No, we didn't do anything. I've I've got no explanation for it. And I was thinking, Well, I do. <laughs> I changed my mind about this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you tell him or did you keep that to yourself?
2: Actually I did. Um <laughs> and and he uh and it and actually it, it happened to uh resonate with him. He was he was open to the concept.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I, I can relate to that, and I think I I may have recalled you sharing that in the um, forums at some point um, about the the website issues and the getting the credits because of all the website issues that you had to deal with. But perfect example, Mark, that when we become consciously aware that oh, okay, I can I can change my way of being and the experience will change. There there, there will be a shift of this.
2: Well, first there's, oh, this is my freaking fault. And then, oh, I can change this. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, and the, the, oh, this is my freaking fault, depends on the person, right? Each person may handle that differently. And I have to say, you know, 20 years ago, that would have been me. I would have immediately jumped all over myself. And then I would spend a good six months, you know, feeling ashamed that I had done that, you know, I I would have carried that shame with me. But as I've been practicing conscious creation more consciously, I've learned to do, you know, along the lines of, you know, what Jeanette does when she says, I love that about me. I've learned to smile, nod my head and go, ah, I see it now, you know, and... (laughs) And and laugh, I'll laugh and I'll giggle because I'll realize, oh my word, the amount of spinning and struggling and haranguing and complaining and you know all that I all that energy that I had been putting in it, and it turns out it's something that I had been doing all along. Um, so yeah, I but I love that story, Mark, and I love the fact that you became conscious of it on your own. And then did something about it. Yeah, I think it's awesome. So um, I think that the LOA way out of getting stuck in this circular kind of thinking is, like Mark said, to remember your innate power as a spiritual vibrational being living in an intelligent vibrational field that's always responding and co-creating with you so there is no thing nothing no thing outside of you everything that you are experiencing is is coming from within and it's i know it's tricky because this world seems so solid and so dense and so firm but it really is all energetically responding to us and how we are inside. So how you are in your your deepest thoughts and and what you hold in your heart to be true. That is what's being mirrored back to you in your physical world. So it's important to release the labels and the stories that it's even possible to be stuck or have unsolvable problems and you can decide to know that the ways forward exist and that you're ready for them and as a matter of fact, I think part of the the whole circular thinking and feeling stuck thing is embedded in that is a I should know how to solve this mm-hmm. why haven't why haven't I figured this out what is wrong with me? why haven't I fixed this yet kind of energy. And the thing is, is that our thoughts and our thinking have their place. They're really important. I, none of us could really function, I think, without having the ability to have thoughts and thinking. But it's not our job to figure it all out 100% of the time, 24-7. It's not our job. It's the universe has all the information, in fact, more information than we have, and the universe has our back. So but even by simply stating, you know, being in the state of the unsolvable problem and just stopping and saying to yourself, you know what, I don't have to figure this all out right now. I can relax and allow the solutions to come to me. Just by saying, I don't have to figure this all out right now, you're you're kind of letting loose on some of the tension and the resistance and by saying i can relax and allow the solutions to come to me you're giving yourself permission to set down the load put down the heavy thinking and the heavy feeling and allow yourself some peace and some relaxation so that's my first suggestion is take a break from the quote unquote problem and figuring it out and find ways to relax your body mind. And when I say your body mind, I'm not just talking about your brain, but I'm talking about your entire body, which also has intelligence within it and even the field of energy around your body. Right? So however you relax, whether it's, you know, taking a nap or going for a walk in nature or meditating or taking a hot bath or um, calling up some friends or going for a dog walk, Jeanette, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is that helps you kind of let go and breathe and, you know, act as if it's a done deal and it's all taken care of, go do that. Go, go find some ways to do that. And I, I can't speak for everyone, but I know for myself when I've had these kind of quote unquote unsolvable issues, When I finally give myself permission to relax, I can literally feel the tension in my body draining out. I I suddenly become aware that I've been bracing my body. I've I've had tenseness in my arms and my legs and my torso that I didn't even know were there until I gave myself permission to relax about it. And just that in itself can be really healing. You're not using your thoughts. You're not solving the problem right there and then. You're just giving yourself permission to allow your entire body mind to relax. And for me, um, I've been very vocal at GVU that, and and on Facebook as well that I like to. When I'm really kinked up, I like to, you know, invoke Easy World and then go take a nap. So Easy World, for people who don't know, is um, it was it's based on a book called Choosing Easy World, I believe, mm-hmm, by, by
0: Julia Rogers Hamrick.
1: Right, and the idea is to invoke Easy World. You simply say. I live in easy world where everything is easy, including, and then you name the issue that you're facing at that point. So it might be like, uh, I live in easy world where everything is easy, including solving this unsolvable problem. And then you just relax. Oh, oh it's, I, that's right. It's B-R-A, breathe, relax, allow. So you invoke easy world. You breathe. Then you relax and you just allow. And it's been proven many times in studies, and most of us have anecdotal experience of this, mm-hmm. that as soon as you relax, all of a sudden ideas come to you or you get this. For me, this has happened where I I think I have only one way that a, a problem can be solved, but then I relax and I'll get this just illogical thought, go call this person or go grocery shopping. And I go grocery shopping and there in the aisles of the grocery store. I run into somebody who has the solution to my problem. Right. So I'm relaxing and the the idea that comes up does not seem like it's going to be the one that's going to help me. But when I follow it, it leads me to a book or a person or another experience that delivers the solution directly to me um has that happened to you
0: janet have you had that experience oh so many times so many times in fact i but but we also know that can be tricky like recently uh I, i i was getting emails saying look i i get error i get a message that your gbu the site is not secure that's a problem uh so i talked to tech support and they said yeah we got a thing for that they made it secure, HTTPS. I don't understand any of this, mostly. Then, once that happened, the TalkShoe players don't work because shoe players are not HTTPS compatible, so all the audio disappears on our content pages. And for members to not have access to the audio is kind of a problem. (laughs) I was getting a little wound up about it when I realized that making this a big deal by being tense and anxious and make me make I was like this needs to get solved right now like this isn't something that can wait this isn't a "Mm, when you get around to it sort of thing this we need it now we need it now and um I relaxed about it instead I was like you know what I think the world is going to continue to turn and then uh, little by little, the solutions appear to be happening. even I got an email last night saying it might be fixed i 'm not entirely sure about that i don 't want to look at it until I feel a little more relaxed. But the trick is being willing to loosen up before the solutions in sight i and yes. One of the ways I like to do that is a reminder from Abraham when they said that you do not have to clear your path of resistance. Because you're throwing up resistance all around the place with your thoughts and beliefs. But you don't have to clear those because your inner guidance knows how to steer you around it. I love that reminder that even if I believe this is hard or that's impossible, my inner guidance knows how to take me around it. So that opens the door for me and solutions to reach me when I know that um, there are ways for this to come together that I can't even conceive. And I'm not supposed to conceive. All I have to do is relax in order to allow them. Exactly, because your inner being can't navigate you around them until you relax. Exactly. And you can well, you it can't navigates you through what your, feels guys. better. Yeah. I gotta be in relief or joy in order to be led around those obstacles. So if I'm in if I'm in anxiety or frustration, I'm not gonna get led. Right. Exactly.
1: Um in Course of Miracles they have um They recommend that you just give your question to source, God, all that is, as a way, you know, that's kind of their version of easy world. (laughs) It's their version of, you know, I don't have to figure this out right now. Um, Their version is to say, um, Spirit, take this, or Holy Spirit, or whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with, take this thought and judge it for me. Return to me thoughts of peace and well-being. And it's amazing how many times I've invoked that. I've done that and actually did find that it just took the edge off. It just took the the hardest part of it off for me so that I could at least breathe a little bit. And then it felt easier to go relax and go you know, finish the rest of the, the process um, because somehow I felt like it's being handled. I don't, I'm giving this to you, please take it and and handle it for me. And of course, you could say that too. You know, there's no wrong way of giving the problem to angels or fairies or mm-hmm. source or, you know, whoever. There's no wrong way. It's whatever feels good to you. And and then you can use your awareness to connect with your emotions, which are always guiding you. And that, that goes back to what you were just saying, Jeanette, about do what feels better in the moment. And I'm thinking of when you were at that work situation that felt really tense and frustrating and they were threatening to fire people if mm-hmm. certain goal- goals were not met in a very short period of time. And where logically your mind would have said, I better stay here at my desk and give up lunch. You said, no. No. Not yeah. only am I going to take a lunch, but I'm going to take a long one, and I'm going to relax, and I'm going to feed the birds, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to really savor this lunch. And uh, it, it's a kind of a counterintuitive, especially if you're mm-hmm. stuck in that feeling there, but you're willing to reach with, you know what, that I know my brain is telling me that I should do that, but it doesn't feel good. What feels better? Taking a nice long lunch in the sunshine—that feels better. I'd let's do that, right? So part of that awareness is looking for the things that you can do that feel good. Ooh, I and just sometimes, some,
2: yeah,
1: so sometimes, true. sometimes when you're caught in a problem, you feel like there's just there's there's no, there's no way out. There's no solution. There's no, you know, because you're caught energetically in that ball of energy, literally. And by stopping and saying, okay, what can I do that feels good? You're allowing your emotions to guide you and you're allowing your awareness to open up and guide you toward a better A better solution I think I shared I've shared this many times at GVU and some of the new members of GVU may not have heard this but um, I had a, a job with a client this was a number of years ago I had a design project that they needed me to do and I had met with them and I had promised them that I would have something to show them within a week and um, you know, seven calendar days, right? And I was six calendar days into it, and I still had not come up with any good ideas. And every idea that I came up with seemed stupid, or didn't feel right, or nothing was coming. And I would just sit for hours and hours and hours at my desk with with just no um, nothing coming through, and feeling frustrated and and um, guilty that I wasn't able to come up with some good solutions for my client. And so this the day before it was due to give to my client, I got up in the morning and I just said, okay, I'm going to get this done today. And I sat down at my desk at 9 a.m. and I sat there for an entire hour With no solutions coming to me and I kept finding myself looking out my window because outside it was gorgeous and it was sunny and there were birds singing and it was beautiful and there was part of me that kept saying I want to be out there I don't want to be in here but my brain was saying yes but this is due tomorrow and you're behind you're way behind and you got to get this done and and at the end of that hour I thought to myself now I could have left here. An hour ago and gone outside and gotten as much done as I've gotten sitting here, forcing myself to sit in this chair. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to relax. And when I'm ready and the the right solution comes to me, I will start working and I'm going to I'm going to meet this deadline or get it done early. I, I was very clear with myself in that intention. That the solution is going to come to me, and I'm going to, I'm going to get the solution in plenty of time to meet the deadline or get it done early. So then I went, I went for a walk. When I came back, I ended up having lunch, and then I got done with lunch, and I still had no idea.
0: So I decided to watch a movie. <laughs> I just so want to I- say. That takes something to be able to watch a movie when you're under pressure of a deadline with no ideas. It's not like you got to wrap some stuff up. That's a skill, Nancy. That's the relaxing skill we were talking about, isn't it?
1: It was also
0: it was also
1: re um directing my gremlins. So every time a gremlin mm. would come up, I would say, "Hey, when the solutions, the right solution comes to me, I'm going to go to work. In the meantime, I'm just relaxing." So it was my way of shutting up my gremlins every time they would, you know, come in. And um, so, yeah, I saw the movie and then I took a nap and then I woke up and it was time for dinner. (laughs) And so I'm sitting there eating dinner and I'm just finishing dinner. And all of a sudden this fabulous idea comes to me. And I literally could not race up to my office fast enough to – start writing down what was coming to me and the idea that came through and begin working on it. And I started working on it at that point, and I literally finished it like 11.30 p.m. that night. It wasn't due until 8 a.m. the next morning. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to email this now to my client so that they have it first thing when they come in in the morning. And the client loved it. The client was thrilled. And I thought to myself, you know, I really basically worked from like 6.30 to 11.30. So like, you know, five hours, which is a lot less time than I would have worked had I been thinking my way through the solution. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I I ended up actually having a really nice, relaxing day. (laughs) And I got the job done and I got it done early and the client, was they, broke. Mm-hmm. they were, they were like, Oh my God, this exceeds my expectations. I can't believe how fabulous this is. And I'm thinking, yeah, I know. Pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> I right know. So, yeah. So yeah. The other thing, the other tip that helps me is to look for the blessings in the experience. And I've shared this many times at GVU. Just, the process of, okay, I know all the things that are wrong and all the problems that are involved in this. Let me just stop for a moment and look for the blessings in this experience. And when you start to make a list of those blessings, you'll be amazed how many there really are. In fact, they often are many more blessings in the very problem you're trying to solve than there are actual problems. And that realization in itself can help you shift your consciousness around the subject and open up your your energy to receive a solution. And so when you feel tempted to refocus on the problem or the gremlins come out and tell you you should be focusing on the problem, you can start, you can pick up that list of blessings that you've made and go back to that and remind yourself of all the blessings. And it really is an amazing way to um, uh, dissolve And dissipate the negative energy that's accumulated around the quote unquote problem itself. And I think um, the biggest reminder here is that energy is never set in stone. That's the wonderful thing about it. And it will shift the moment that we shift our consciousness, but we're the one that has to lead the party. We have to lead that parade. And, um, you know, with energy not being set in stone, the minute that we're ready to shift, the universe responds and begins shifting with us. There's also a way, um, I don't know if I've ever, I think I have talked about this. Remember years ago, Jeanette, I read a book called um, Welcome to Your Crisis. Um, the the author's last name is Day, D-A-Y, and um, she is actually a psychic and intuitive, and um, she was She wrote this entire book, Welcome to Your um, Crisis, to help people see crisis is actually a blessing that can help you. And she talks about a a lot of the stuff, but she also talks about a process where you, you put your two hands together like you're praying, and then you rub them back and forth, you know, to create like friction in your hands. And you rub them back and forth, and when they feel warm, then you gently begin to pull your hands apart, and you'll feel like this energetic energy between your hands when you do this. And then what she tells you to do is to hold your hands apart, and in that field of energy between your hands, imagine putting a miniature version of yourself in between your hands. And, and then imagine that that Miniature version of yourself is receiving all the solutions that you ask for. Um, Abe might say, Imagine that version of yourself morphing into the vortex version of yourself. You don't need to know how, you just want to feel energetically in that space between your hands yourself. Morphing into the person that has everything figured out and solved and is enjoying life. Happy, you know, doing good. Yeah.
0: Nancy, I'm wondering if that is a perfect answer to a question we got um, from Veronica, who was talking about making the prototype. Veronica's not dialed in, am I right? I think she said she thought she might miss the call. She said she's I making a photo. Just, oh, you are I here. Yay.
3: I literally just got on a minute ago and came from a dentist appointment, so I'm a little oh. um, numb. So if I sound Oh.
0: Weird, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you probably didn't hear the the technique that Nancy just described, but that came to mind as a potential solution for the question you would ask if you do you want to ask your question and maybe well we can I, some I, wasn't I, I wasn't oh, finished
1: i wasn't finished so if i could just finish what i was saying then we could go to um veronica so Thanks. after you after you feel that energy in between your hands you feel yourself as the person who's received all the answers you've asked and you feel content with that then you you kind of feel that bubble of energy between your hands and you gather it up and you bring it towards your chest into your heart chakra so you're energetically feeling yourself morphing from the person with the problem to the person with the solution and then you gather that energy and you bring it into your heart chakra and you feel that energy being integrated into your body and into who you are and then you do whatever feels good to you after that if it feels good to meditate you can do it if it feels good to take a nap do that whatever take a walk walk the dogs whatever feels good to you after that go do so that was the end of that process so veronica would you share your story your question
3: Hi. Thanks, Nancy. I'm sorry for the interruption. That sounds like an amazing practice. I will revisit that. Um, Yeah. So I'm working on a prototype that is this particular piece is linchpin to the entire line. Like it's what's called the DNA of the brand. Um, And I am hitting hurdles because it's and construction, and there's even a patent element to it, so pulling it together, wow, see, I can hear myself going into the story and feeling like in my you know, gut, like in my power chakra, um, not good. Uh, lots and lots of delays. I've even consulted with a number of industry experts, um, people that know what they're talking about, and they've been in, uh, for example, there's um, hardware that you get for apparel and things, and. It's just a little above, you know, beyond the curve, a little on the fringe at this point. So that's that's what I'm tackling is um, just the, you know, hitting a wall here, hitting a wall here, hitting a wall here. I make progress, but it's like it's very slow. So I'm going to pause with that because I'm really going deep into what I don't want to have happen.
0: I just love your awareness around that, Veronica. Mm -hmm. Thank
1: you. Yeah, the awareness is a big piece of it. And since you just joined the call, you may have missed – I hope you'll go back and re-listen to the beginning of the call where we talk about circular thinking and labeling and how labeling can keep us stuck in mm. um, in a problem. But, um, you know, I think when you said that this is linchpin, immediately that sounds to me like it's really important. It's more important than anything else. And now suddenly, because something's really important, it's got an energy around it that it wouldn't have if it was something that was light and fun and um, uh, carefree, right? Mm-hmm. So the the first piece of it is is how you might be able to um, drop the label of linchpin and begin to see this as an entire process and get keyed into how you want this process to feel. And, and I think Jeanette's um, everybody, I think here is familiar with Jeanette's crackhead neighbor story (laughs) where she had um, a neighbor who was continually showing up, not the way she wanted to experience it, but she had some key words.
0: um, Peace, quiet, appreciation, and love. Yeah, peace quite yeah, the opposite of my current reality. But that's how I right. tuned in to shift the vibe. So
1: she had four keywords that she had written down and she not only focused on them throughout the day when there wasn't evidence of the problem, but when the problem showed up, she'd also, you know, remind herself, wait a minute, you know. And she'd go into her four keywords, right? So you might, Veronica, want to come up with some keywords of how you want this journey to feel, this journey to completing your line. How do you you want to feel at the end, the outcome? How do you want that outcome to feel? You don't have to know how. You don't have to know how you're going to get here or how you're going to solve the current problems or even future ones. You just want to focus on how you want to feel at the end and have that list handy not only in your office but maybe even in your purse so that when you're you know out at meetings or in your briefcase when you're out at meetings you can remind yourself before a meeting during a meeting after a meeting <laughs> these this is this is where i'm focusing and um and then the the energetic suggestion that i made i mean i i can imagine that working for anybody with any circumstance at any time that they're willing to do it. And um, I hope you'll re-listen to the call um, to, you know, get that explanation of energetically seeing yourself morphing into the person who's who's experiencing everything that's part of your keywords. Jeanette, do you have any suggestions for Veronica?
0: Yeah, this is what I say to everyone. Who, In fact, I think I might have just, Done a podcast if not it's coming out soon on what to do when you don't know what to do which is i get hired a lot for this work and it's a really easy answer where all we have to do is practice feeling just what you've described nancy practice feeling the end result that we want because when we get stuck on a problem we're in the vibration of problem not answer or the situation, we won't even call it a problem, the situation the reality. And that's a different vibration than what we want. So if we can tune in to activate the vibration of what we want, whether that's seeing the outcome or the results or feeling them or thinking what we would think when it's happened. However, we can plug into that vibration to find that frequency and then let it go. If I if I can activate the out the the end result that I want. And then, just let it breathe for a while. That answer's coming, and it might come in three seconds. It might come in three days, maybe it's three weeks, but the key being that I'm willing to shift myself out of oh, this thing that I have some angst around or I can't figure out into "Ah, oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. This is turning out even better than I hoped if I can practice that vibration. And then make some space for answers by letting go of it for a little while. And Nancy, that's why I had said earlier how much a skill it was for you to be able to watch a movie when you got a deadline at 8 a.m. the next day. That's um, easier said than done. At at least in my experience it is to relax when we don't yet know. But to find the vibration of it and then, and then make some room for that answer to come. It will. I'd save myself a lot of sessions if people would just practice that. (laughs) Absolutely. Is there anybody else
1: dialed in that might have some insight for Veronica on her question?
3: Brent or Mark? I think Tom might be dialed in. Okay. If if you have anything, just
1: raise your hand. Um, We had another question, Jeanette. and, and, Veronica, I just want to circle back. Did that – did those answers help you? Yeah, I must
3: have been super ripe for this because the four words just went boom, boom, boom.
2: Oh,
0: right. <laughs> I
3: was like, what four words? Uh, but I really have been, like, sitting from a conscious creation perspective and waiting for this call, right, because this one's been new. I've been so ripe for this call. Um, so I got the words. Uh, I don't know if there's, I don't, we're getting close to the end of time, but I'll just tell you super quick. Delighted, enamored, curious, and sensory deliciousness.
0: I and mean, mm. those
3: like are pushing my buttons big time. I really, really
1: oh, like yeah.
0: Them. You'll awesome. have some fun with those.
1: Yeah, and and remembering that it's the journey, and the journey is part of the fun of the whole experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you may be looking back at some point and go, "Yeah, I remember that little, you know, the little snafu there." But you know what? In the end, it made everything better. And that's often been my experience, that when things have been slowed down, there's there's usually something better right around the corner.
0: I I wonder if it's worth, um, not not for Veronica's situation in particular, but in general, when it feels like things aren't moving, if it's worth looking at what's right about where we're at. because The blessings. The blessings, yeah, yes. Yeah, the mm-hmm. thing about it that maybe we like, it, and it could be called a payoff or a counterintention. It could be actually that... We just weren't at peace that this that this is perfect. I'm thinking in particular about how the electrician today said to me he who is also a psychic I don't know if I shared that story on the recording or not i I was probably talking about it before we hit record button anyway, I had a psychic at my house today who said something about uh the men that I attract into my life, and he said something like um." basically he said they're they clients more than they are love interests. I said they do make great clients. I said not I'm not, not that they pay me for work, but yeah, they they are ripe for this work and to further along their own spiritual journey, et cetera, et cetera. And I said something along the lines of, it would be great if I could create a distinction between my love life and my client list because I don't love coaching boyfriends. And I said it with some judgment. Like if everyone should assume that no one wants to have a love interest who can use your professional touch. But um, he invited me to question that. He said, well, is it, you wouldn't be doing it if it didn't serve you. If you didn't want it, you wouldn't be doing it. And, that, and I think that's a way of looking at how how is this serving you. If we can look at how the situation that we have that we say we don't want, if we can ask ourselves – like. Our money aligner practice this month has been to amp up the desire. And in that process, I have revealed two counter intentions to enhanced financial abundance that I didn't even know I had. One of them, including my romantic life, as a matter of fact. So um, I think sometimes I don't like to get too caught up here because like Mike Dooley says, we'll find whatever we go looking for. But I've noticed for me that it feels like I had some pretty nice. Uh, the breaks got released with the awareness of what I was getting out of. And I don't like to use the word stuck because it feels like it has a lot of judgment around it, but in the present situation. So I'm just offering that in case someone else finds any insights there. Mm, yeah. Okay. Should we go to the question it, that was posted in the forum? Yeah. Yeah.
1: The other question, and we did start five minutes late, so we're kind of okay, cool. actually Okay. Right yeah, on. making up for that. But um, so, Leanne had written in um, the GVU forum that she wouldn't be able to make the call, but she said, um, hopefully you can um, take a look on this. She said she wants to know how to um, find and maintain love and appreciation for work, even in the hardest situations, like dealing with difficult people or experiencing stress, and how to get unstuck there. So that's the first part of the question. The Quit. second part of
0: the question. <laughs> okay. And yet yeah. we know conscious creators know that's not always the answer because wherever you go, you take you'll your take vibration it with, you. with you. Yeah.
3: yeah
1: that's like someone you.
0: telling me to move with my crackhead neighbor. I knew that wasn't going to work.
1: <laughs> and there is another part to the question, but that first part I, I also want to kind of jump in and say, you know, Abraham has said that in in the red hot moment of contrast, is not the time to be trying mm. to change mm. it, right? That the, that the real energy shifting in work happens when you're not at work, when you're not under stress, when you're not um, in a state of worry or fear. It happens when you're relaxed and calm and feeling good and you can begin to envision what you really want to feel and begin to um, uh, script you know, how you would like situations from the past that you can recall, how you would have liked them to uh, unfold. And um, because I have even found for myself that when I'm in the middle of the contrast, right there and then, um, that's not the time for me to, to tr- be doing it. Often for me, the best thing is just to breathe. Uh, I might be doing some ho'oponopono in my mind in the background until the, the situation is through. But the, the, and I'm thinking recently I was in a client's office and um, the client had mentioned to me that they were having problems with a certain, um, employee and, um, And then we were doing our work, we were talking, and then this employee bursts into the room and this employee starts screaming at my client. And even though it was not me, I was there, I was present and I was feeling the energy. And there was a big part of me, you know, the mentor slash spiritual teacher part of me that wanted to help this person who was screaming understand their role in what was going on and and it was not it was not my place to do that and so i had to um keep my mouth shut and it was hard that was really hard for me to do um i have to say and um (laughs) and i and i sat there and i did ho pono pono but i also could see that um that you know my client was also struggling in that moment um and then the person left, and you know the client said to me, "See what I mean?" And and as soon as she said, "See what I mean," it made me think of what I said earlier in this call about how we often need to have a problem stick around so we can be vindicated in how oh, bad it is. Sure. Right? We gotta get that vindication. You know, it's gotta. If it, mm. if it gets
0: solved, then it wasn't that big of a problem. And we like to be right, at least I do. I'm in the group yep. of people who like to be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. And uh so in chat I see Marcus saying, "I look at difficult or unhappy customers as opportunities instead of problems so they no longer bother me." Ooh, and I think that's that's a wonderful way to begin shifting the energy. Uh Leanne is maybe asking yourself, "What's the opportunity here?" And again, it's think- not what you not what you do in the middle of it happening, it's what you do when you're away from it and you're calm and you're breathing and you're relaxed and you say to yourself, you know, how is this an opportunity
0: for me? What are the I have blessings? I a perfect the- example. I hmm. posted about it in the forum when Merlin was AWOL overnight and then some. And I've, when I found myself worrying about him, I'm pretty sensitive to that energy and some energy I'll carry for a while and be oblivious to it, but that one I've done enough work around it. I caught it, and I thought, how nice of my cat to give me a chance to practice releasing worry again, because I know I, I just I want to be someone who does who flat out doesn't worry. I, I want to be that person. I want to own that, and here I get some practice.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's giving you a chance to grow and and be practice. And you know, as you said that, Jeanette, I was remembering. You do you still have that um the GVU call with Jody Loichi where she talked about how she got rid of worry?
0: I do believe that might, so.
1: Yeah, that, that would be that was a really re- good call. Yeah. It's a really good call and it might be really helpful for Leanne um just to hear it and maybe practice some of the suggestions that um Jody shared in that call. And then in terms of of main, you know she's asking how to find and maintain love and appreciation for work and you know i think the finding is something it's an ongoing process and i think the maintaining happens when you've been finding on a regular basis and you've got some momentum going i think if you if you've had 6 months of struggle with a job and you spend one weekend feeling better about it That's good. That's a good start, but you've got more momentum for the problem than you do for the solution. So start getting some momentum going, focusing on what you do appreciate and what you do love. And I remember I had a job that, like, the only thing I could really appreciate was, like, the carpet. (laughs) And there was a comfortable chair in one of the offices, and um, I liked the paint in the lobby, you know, I mean, those, that, that was what I had to start with, you know, for that job. And eventually it grew. Eventually it was like, oh, I like that mm-hmm. vendor. I like I, I that. Every time that vendor calls, I like talking to them. And, and, ooh, this company does a really good job for us. I really appreciate what a good job they do for us. And And then I was able to build on it and grow it until eventually I had a lot of things more things that I appreciated about the job than I disliked about the job. I didn't stay with it forever, but, you know, um I had to start somewhere. And so I started with the things that I could truly, honestly appreciate, including the pattern of the carpet, you know, the, the paint in the lobby, um, and that chair in that conference room that was so comfortable. So <laughs> um Anyway, uh, so the other part of the question for Leanne was uh, also how to connect with calm and ease when you are nervous about work or have big presentations and meetings. I worry sometimes that if I am nervous, I will attract a mess into the situation, which then makes me even more nervous. Well, see, that's where I thought that call on releasing worry would be helpful for Leanne to check out. And also... um, you know again the label of big presentation meeting is going to have an energy with it that fun presentation and meeting doesn't have right so as soon as we apply a label that doesn't feel good then it kind of prepaves that experience not to feel good um and we can in fact prepave our meetings and prepave our work days. I was just I was just watching on YouTube a couple of days ago a gal in Ireland. She um run, she does videos mostly on house organizing and that kind of stuff. And um I actually I actually found her her channel because she was talking about the cons of the khan Mari um process of organizing and she had two she had two very valid cons but anyway um that's how I found her channel anyway um she was talking about um when she has a hard day and I don't know if she even knows about you Jeanette but this is what she said she said um When I have a really hard day and I'm really having a hard time getting motivated and feeling stressed and whatever, what I'll do is I'll make sure I get a good night's sleep. And the next morning before I start work, I'll open my notebook and I'll start writing out how I want the day to go. And I'll write it in present tense as if I'm doing that activity right now and it's going really well. So I'll write, I woke up and I had a fabulous cup of coffee at, that I sipped while I made my delicious breakfast. It was one of the best breakfasts I've had in, you know, a long time. And I'm really enjoying um, this time in the morning. And then I, you know, went into my office and I made three videos for my channel and I took care of this um vendor request and so she would write it as if it was all in present tense but she basically was pray reigning she was basically scripting mm. it all out right and she didn't have those words she didn't know that but that's what she was telling her audience you know if you're having a day where you're struggling to get motivated you know give this a try and i'd say to leanne you know on the weekends script out your week ahead how does it feel how do the interactions go how are you um, interacting with, with people that you know that you meet, and how are you interacting with new people that you're meeting? And script it all out on the weekend when you're, or when you're not working, when you're relaxed, and, um, and just keep, keep it light and, so that when you go to work, you're looking forward to it and not dreading it. It. do you have anything I, to add to
0: that? I do, I do have something, and this might not be helpful, and it might fly in the face of everything we understand about energy and attraction, but I'm just going to say, because it might be a better feeling thought, my experience with having some anxiety around something, I'm thinking in particular my podcast. I've done almost 90 episodes, and I still cannot stand. I don't know how people listen to it. I swear to God, I still do not understand how people put themselves through the experience of listening to my voice, and yet that's my vibration. It is powerfully negative. I could barely, I could, when the audio comes back from the guy, and I got to make sure they I've got the right file, and he put the right intro, and it's the right topic. I have to, I've only listened long enough to catch yes, the intro is there, and yes, this is the right subject, and just those two and a half seconds of hearing my voice, it makes me cringe. And the thought that goes through my head is, how can people stand this? And that's my vibration. And yet, I get a ton of positive feedback, a ton of positive feedback. Even when someone writes with a criticism, it's still like, could you do more of them? Or uh, could you have a longer intro because we really like the music? Or <sighs> So even with my negative vibration, it's still landing positive. I like that thought for Leanne's question that even if you can't mess it up, you can't mess it up. Like I said, that might sound like it flies in the face of everything we understand about energy and attraction, but I got that little example right there in my own life as evidence.
1: You know, I've listened to a lot of different podcasts, Jeanette. And a lot of times when people start talking, they actually start droning. You know, they're talking by themselves on a podcast and, and, Instead of being animated and excited, they're kind of like talking like this. And after about five minutes, you just want to turn it off because it's just so boring. But you're so animated and you laugh and you, you know, you give pauses, you know, you ask a question and you pause. You give people a chance to kind of think and whatever. And I can see why people really love that. They really enjoy that. Well, yeah,
0: I did one yesterday that was had so much. Of me in it, I thought you're going to need to redo that and tone it down. But that's one of the things from our from last from last month's uh, drop your fear. I'm dropping my fear of putting out stuff that isn't perfect, <laughs> and I'm letting them roll. I'm not retaking it. Sometimes I would do three recordings before I'd find one or realize they aren't getting better. You're just going to have to use one, <laughs> but not anymore. It's Just first recording <laughs> off, it goes. May I I raise Uh my hand
3: and ask how you do that, Jeanette? Like, are you imagining you're talking to a
0: friend, or are you talking to the
3: cat, or how are you... Often,
0: what's happened is I've had a conversation with someone recently, and I got fired up about it, and I thought, oh, I should use this for a podcast, and I make a little note of the subject, and I make a little note of who it is I was talking to, because as soon as I come back to that note, the next time I have time to record, as soon as I remember... Who it was and what we were talking about. I am right back in that energy. So it it does it is inspired by those personal conversations. It's one of the reasons I love still doing one on one sessions because it gives me so much inspiration for the blog posts, the GBU calls, the podcasts, et cetera.
3: Yeah, that's yeah.
0: awesome. Thank you.
1: That's an actually an awesome tip for anybody who's listening and wanting to do podcasts of their own or videos even of yeah. their own. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think I will include uh, Jody Jody Loicci's, um worry. It's a fabulous um, call she did about how she released and got rid of worry and learned to stop worrying. And which I think can become a it, it, it's definitely a habit. I picked that oh. habit up from my my mom, and uh, yeah. I I got a lot out of Jody's call. She really helped.
0: Yeah, we didn't talk yeah. about emotional addictions, but sometimes that's where. You know, we've developed a habit of an emotion so much that it's like we're getting a fix. When we find an excuse to worry, it's just like, you know, having a cigarette or a lot of chocolate. Uh, and learning to break that habit, sometimes having some consciousness around that, including the detox process, can in- encourage our success as well. Absolutely. Does really anyone good topic, else have- Nancy.
3: Yeah, does anyone else have any uh,
1: anything to add for Leanne about her questions before we wrap this up? I guess nobody else had anything to add there.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm laughing at Mark's comment. Yes, I room. know. I'm <laughs> laughing
1: at it, too. You have to be in chat to read what he wrote. I'm not going to read it on the... <laughs> on Thanks the call, for the laugh, but... Mark. It's very funny
3: uh. kind of all
1: laughing. <laughs> um, okay, well, thank you, everybody. And I'm going to create a forum or, or add to the existing forum thread about the call. I'll add the links to the things I talked about here and I'll upload the notes. And uh, if you have additional feedback or comments or suggestions for the questions that came in on this call, we'd love to see them in the forum. Or if you have uh, questions you'd like to add to the batch, you can put them there in the forum. And thank you for being here. And for yeah, thanks everyone. In the
0: call. Thank you, everyone, yep. for joining us. Thank you, Nancy, for navigating us so artfully through a challenging topic. And looking forward to reading everyone's comments in the forum later on. Yeah, big love, everyone. Okay. Thank you.
1: <laughs> bye bye. Bye everyone. Thank you.